cheers to another episode of the Wine Notes Podcast. I'm your guide, AJ Weinzettel, on this journey of stories showcasing the people behind the wonderful world of wine, where we dive into conversations ranging from terroir, viticulture, to favorite music, superpowers, and more. Please enjoy this episode of the Wine Notes Podcast. In an attempt to have a podcast episode release every week, I want to revisit some past stories to share with you. This week, I want to take you back to the summer of 2020. Enjoy. Thinking back to last summer, I visited a few wineries one day and stumbled across one of those gems I'm constantly searching for. Quick side, if I'm finding all these little gems in Oregon, can you imagine all the little gems we had zero knowledge of in Burgundy? In the rough, these particular diamond was Potter's Vineyard, a couple of minutes off in 99 going up the hill towards Sherwood on the left. If you pay attention, there is a blue tourism sign with the words, Potter's Vineyard. When I visited in June, the winemaker and owner, Bill Sanchez, went above and beyond providing amazing hospitality. I remember sitting out by the fire pit overlooking the vineyard while my bald head was getting sweet, gentle kisses of sun rays. Bill came out asking if classic rock was okay for music. In my head, I was pondering, what is his definition of classic rock was, I mean... If you ask some people, it could mean grunge from the late 1990s. I like 1990s music, but that is not classic rock in my opinion. The hair bands of the late 80s are not classic rock either. As I said, sure, to Bill's question, I was quickly reassured we were on the same definition of 70s rock being classic rock. During the tasting, Bill poured the 1917 Cello Reserve Chardonnay, and it struck me how good it was. For $38 a bottle, you couldn't go wrong. Around this same time, I was finishing up my WSET 2 wine certification, and one of the facts in the course material was how Chardonnay doesn't have any tannins. When I talked to Bill, he talked about tannins in his Chardonnay. I was perplexed, confused, and not sure who to believe. How in the world could there be tannins? Chardonnay with character, depth, and structure? Oh my! Let's talk about why Potter's Vineyard is called Potter's. It is super easy to say that Bill and Sandy have a passion for pottery while having pottery available for sale in the tasting room. It goes a bit deeper. When Bill was growing up, he had a dream of selling pottery at the Saturday market. He asked his dad about the possibility of putting a potter's wheel in the basement. After some deliberation, an agreement was reached to purchase the wheel if Bill kept up with his school. Getting a PhD from the University of Florida, Bill kept up his end of the bargain. The other half of Potter's Vineyard is Sandy. When you visit the winery, it appears to me she makes sure everything behind the scenes is taken care of. Bill and Sandy started dating their senior year, where pottery was a hobby for the first 30 years. In 2007, they decided to sell on a professional level, finally. They traveled from show to show and market to market, living the dream with a shared passion. Before Potter's was Potter's, it was Laura Volkman Vineyards. Laura was part of a husband and wife dynamic duel, but in this rare case, Jim, the husband, was a person behind the scenes. Laura tended to the vines, bottled and sold the wine. She was a force to be reckoned with and took each bottle of wine personally. In 2002, the 3.5 acre plot of land was called Ellie Reve Vineyard with Dijon 115, 114, 667, 777, and Pomar clones. 
The Prince of Pino was highly impressed with the 2008 barrel samples, describing them as medium in weight, silky textures with impeccable harmony, and displayed that elusive sensuality that Pinophiles worship. Laura had a cult following for her wines, available only via her mailing list. Before the 2012 harvest, an unfortunate illness forced her to sell the property. Bill and Sandy Sanchez bought the property to what we know today as Potter's Vineyard. All the labels say vino vase, meaning wine, potters, in Italian, accentuating Sandy's Italian heritage. There is respect for lore on the wine bottles Bill and Sandy craft. When putting the wine labels side by side, the layout and design follow a similar pattern. The artwork for Lore's label depicts Lore in the vineyard with watercolor artist Terry Peasley. Patrick No created the vineyard worker for Potters. What I adore about Bill and Sandy is the merging of multiple hobbies into one. As I mentioned earlier, Bill was all about pottery as he was growing up. He and his wife went from market to market selling their creations. Along the way, Bill got the wine bug. Visiting the tasting room, you are surrounded by beautiful pottery pieces to marvel over and, of course, purchase. Getting back to my visit in June, though, with classic rock playing in the background, I had the 2019 Estate Rosé, the 2017 Cello Reserve Chardonnay, the 2013 Dario Estate Pinot Noir, the 2017 Estate Pinot Noir, and, to wrap things up, was a 2017 Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon. I vividly remember the high acidity of the Chardonnay. As I mentioned earlier, Bill worked to integrate character into the wine, giving it a tannic structure. For $38 a bottle, this was a great wine. I enjoyed the Dario and Estate Pinots as well. I remember seeing the cab on the tasting flight, and I was a little surprised. I don't see many cabs available for tasting in the Willamette Valley area, and I'm not a person to give an opinion about cabs. In general, I feel the tannins reach out in their youth and suck every bit of moisture from your palate. I will say the 2017 cab from Bill was a bit heavy on the tannins for me, but I would expect that from a 2017. Give those tannins some time to relax and I'm sure it will be delish. At the end of October, I went back to visit Potters. I had tasted quite a few shards since my last visit and there was a need to revisit Bill's shard. This time around, the tasting flight was a 2018 Reserve Chardonnay, the 2017 Dario Pinot Noir, the 2016 Barrel 17 Pinot, the 2017 Estate Reserve Pinot, and the 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon. Revisiting the Chardonnay, I wasn't disappointed. The $38 price point is great, and the bottle took a silver medal in the 2020 McMinnville sip. The other wine that really stood out to me was the 2017 Barrel 17 Pinot Noir. I enjoy how integrated the tannins were with a pleasurable, long, spicy finish. James Suckling gave this bottle a 93 and won a couple different silver medals. The other wines were great as well. For 2020, Bill is doing a Sangiovese, a white Pinot Noir, and a second vintage of Merlot. I adore the spirit of Bill and or other Oregon winemakers. The constant push to try new things and push the boundaries just absolutely warms my heart. When I recommend Potters, I feel there's a winery you should visit on the tail end of your wine tasting day, and here's the reason why. There's a decent likelihood some of the other wineries have larger crowds, more people around, and visiting Potters allows you to wind down after a long day of tasting. Potters is a perfect little winery where Bill and Sandy take the time to talk and pamper you while enjoying the wines in the vineyards. When you visit, please say hi to Bill and Sandy for me and let them know AJ sent you. Thank you, with gratitude.